0: hallelujah 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 god bless you this morning listen we're going to get right into the word it's good to see you if you're visiting with us we thank god for you no accident or coincidence that you're here Uh, if you have your bibles praise the lord this morning we're going to the book of luke the book of luke the gospel of luke and we just give god praise for for who he is good to see you this morning Amen. Luke chapter two is where we're going to begin. Praise God. Anybody excited except me this morning? (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Luke chapter two, if you just follow along with me quickly, uh, beginning in verse one of Luke chapter two, the gospel of Luke. The Bible says. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Crenurus was governor of Syria and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up. From Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. This morning, just for a few minutes this morning, I want to speak with us on the topic, born is the king. Say that with me. I can't hear you. Say it again, please. Amen. Praise God. Born is the king. You may be seated in the presence of our life changing king. Born is the king. Praise God. Praise God. So so during this time of year. um, There are many things that attempt to turn our attention, attention away from the birth of Jesus. The tragedy today is, even for us and our children, is that Christ was born, but many of us don't know why he was born. What was the significance of his birth? If you ask anybody the correct answer of, you know, maybe why you celebrate this particular time of year, we We celebrate it because it represents the birth of Christ to the church. However, when we take a closer look, uh, maybe at what's really going on, if I could borrow that phrase from the popular soul singer. We see something totally different. I want to suggest to us today as we. Begin to dive a little deeper, and I want you to even ask yourself the question What is the significance and importance of Jesus' birth? Why do I celebrate it maybe just one time a year, or should I celebrate it every day that I'm alive? Um, I want to suggest to the congregation, those listening on our online church, four reasons why we should celebrate the birth of Christ Four reasons why we should celebrate the birth of Christ. Number one, I'm getting right into it is uh, Jesus Christ. He was born and we should celebrate this. He was born to fulfill prophecy. He was born to fulfill prophecy. Somebody's asking what is Prophecy. Well, prophecy can simply be defined is really uh, at its basic definition is a message from God, a message from God. When we talk about prophecy, we're talking about a message that was from God, maybe delivered through the prophets of God, maybe delivered to us through his word. But at its essence, prophecy is the word of God. That's simply what it is. The Bible instructs us and it tells us that all scripture, this is in Second Timothy, chapter three, verse 16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. Somebody say profitable is profitable for what? For doctrine. All right. That's teaching for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. So the the word of God, it it has purpose. And we, we even have to as believers, we have to know what God has said and how he has manifested what he has said in his Bible. Okay, so there are many things that were said about the birth of Christ, even dating back to the Old Testament prophets. Are you with me? Okay, the Old Testament prophets, they even spoke about the birth of Christ but let's go back even further bring up uh Genesis and if you have your Bibles turn to me to the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 and we know that sin occurred in the garden and sin came into the world and and God had a plan see God the the enemy and I'll talk about this in a minute but Never think that the enemy can get one over on God. As slick and clever as he is and as dire as he makes things look and even in our own lives, never think that the enemy, the devil, can get one over on God. Whether it be sickness, whether it be bankruptcy, whatever you're going through in your life, never think that the enemy can get one over on God. Do y'all believe that today? Amen. God is almighty. He's all powerful. But in Genesis chapter three, beginning in verse 15, when sin occurred in the earth, God had a solution already in the works for how he was going to deal with sin. He talked to the man, he talked to the woman, and he also talked to the devil. And what he says here, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and uh, and, and between your seed and her seed he shall watch this now bruise you on the head so he's talking to the serpent here and he says i want you to let you know that um, he will speaking prophetically of the one to come jesus christ who would come watch this now by the seed of a woman women don't have seed so he's already preparing us getting us to understand that He who is coming is not no ordinary man. Man, this is exciting. And the enemy's scared, he says, look, he's coming to crush your head. If you're dealing with a snake, the best way you can take a snake out is not to do anything at the tail end. I'm here to tell you, you got to deal with the head. Somebody say deal with the head. You got to deal with the head. Everything flows from the head. You want to get things right? Deal with the head. Are y'all with me? All right. All right. We got to deal with the head. So he says you're going to bruise. He, He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Now, notice the difference. We're dealing with a bruised heel and we're dealing with a bruised head. Okay, or a crushed head when the head is crushed, man, that's it. All right. There's no more. Nothing more can come from that serpent when his head is crushed. But notice what he says. He says, and you shall bruise him on the hill. Speaking of the seed to come, which is none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this speaks to none other than the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, God now I'm in prophecy right now. He's letting us know as early as Genesis that in spite of the trickery of the enemy to get the human race to partake of something that God said do not partake in, that he has a solution. Thank God for Jesus. Now, as we begin to fast forward and all throughout the scriptures, we see in the Old Testament foreshadowings, if you will, of the one to come, Jesus Christ in the flesh. Jesus has always been. But there was an appointed time in the earth where he would actually be born into the earth to fulfill the mandate that God had given him. OK, he had all, he's always been here. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. In the beginning, they said, let us create who is the us is the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. He has always been even before the beginning. Somebody say before the beginning. Amen. But there was an appointed time on God's calendar where he would send his only begotten son into the earth to finally deal with that which the enemy has troubled everybody about. So prophecy, somebody say prophecy, prophecy. It deals with a message from God. So we we, we see in our scripture today in, in Luke chapter two, Mary, she has already been visited by the angel gabriel who told her that she will be with son and she in the angel specifically gave her instructions in terms of what the son's name is to be what is he supposed to fulfill while he's in the earth and this is already prophetically spoken uh, uh to to mary so that she can understand what's really going on now in in bethlehem we knew he would be born in fact that's what our scripture tells us here that that he would be born in Bethlehem so they were in Nazareth you remember verse 3 and everyone was on his way to register for the census each uh to his own city Joseph also went up from Galilee there it is from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem y'all hear that Bethlehem, the city of bread or the city of meat, as it was prophetically spoken 700 years ago by the prophet uh, Micah that he would be born in Bethlehem. I don't know about you, but I want to follow a book that can predict what's going to happen in 700 years and even let me know where somebody's going to be born. Are y'all hearing me today? I mean, the Bible is it's true. It's inerrant. Everything that God has spoken has been fulfilled or is being fulfilled. And that is the confidence that we can have in Christ Jesus, who is the word of God, because every word that's spoken out of his mouth will not return unto us void. So in Micah, chapter five, verse two, they had to get to Bethlehem. Notice how the Lord is setting this up. Caesar Augustus is calling for a census. Uh, One of the things about our church, we have people from everywhere. We got people from uh, New York. We have people who were born in Chicago. We got people who were born all over the United States. So it would be the equivalent of saying, hey, there's been an order for you to go back to your hometown where you were born so that a census can be taken. Now, this is amazing because as what was prophetically spoken by the prophet Micah, how are they going to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem? It's a 90 mile journey. You can actually walk if you choose. That's what they had to do back in that day. Right. Many of us probably would not walk today, but that's what they did back in those days. They got on a donkey, the modern day transportation of that day, and they traveled 90 miles to uh, to to that particular part uh, to to be censored. So in Micah five and two, it says you can write it down. It was Micah. Watch what he says here. He says, but thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, thou. Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me. Notice that he is capital that to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting to everlasting. Jesus has always been around. He said there's going to come a time where this ruler, this king, He's going to come and he's going to be born in Bethlehem. This is prophecy. See, let me let me just say this. The thing about. Prophecy. According to the book of Deuteronomy, this is what God told Israel, he says, look, if if you're dealing with a true prophet, there are going to be two things that occur. Number one, the prophet is never going to communicate something that is idolatrous. That's the first thing. Okay, when you're dealing with the true prophet of God, they're going to communicate something that is not idolatrous. In other words, it's not going to be opposite of God. They don't have to use any other gods. They don't have to use the celestial uh, astronomy and all that other stuff to try to come up with something to tell you. And the second thing is this. Not only do they not communicate idolatry, but whatever they communicate will always be true. Ain't no missing God. If you're a prophet. OK, in those days, it was no missing God, because I remember and forgive me for a minute. I need to teach us this. But Jeremiah prophesied, for example, in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, the scripture we all love, for we know the, the plans that God has for us, plans to prosper us, to give us hope, to give us. Man, we get excited about that, but what we don't know. Is that was a prophetic utterance before the children of Israel were getting ready to enter in through seventy years of captivity? They were getting ready to go in bondage under the Babylonian reign for seventy years, and Jeremiah prophesied that thing. But here comes old uh, Menaniah, and he's saying, "Y'all ain't gonna have to go through that." False prophet. And he's saying, you know, y'all ain't going to have to go through that. Y'all, y'all, you, Jeremiah is a false prophet. Jeremiah told that man he's going to be dead in a year. Guess what happened? He was dead in a year. Don't play with God. All right. I'm talking about prophecy. Right. All right. I know we got a lot of uh, prophet liars out there. I mean, I'm, I just, you know, I just, you know. I ain't you know, I ain't trying to play that game. So and you shouldn't be trying to play it either. If God, you can't back up something in the scripture that God has spoken. You need to turn it on mute. People read about these prophets of old, man, I, I ain't nobody alive like them prophets old. If I could just say that. Anybody preach naked before? Prophets old did. Let me keep it moving. I got to stay. I stay with the king. (laughs) Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? So so 700 years before it even happened, we knew the place. This is incredible. Notice what happens in Matthew. Flip over with me as we begin to continue to talk about why Jesus Christ was born. He was born to fulfill prophecy in Matthew, chapter one, for example, uh, verses 21 and 23. It says she. Will bear a son. All right. And you shall call his name. What? We know his name. His name is going to be his name should be called Jesus. Watch this. What is he going to do? He will save his people from their sins. Now, verse 22. All this took place. For what purpose? To fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Translated. God is what? God is what? Man, Isaiah, chapter seven, uh, chapter seven, verse 14. That's where that's being pulled from. This is the fulfillment of what the prophet prophesied of several hundred years ago. He says, "Therefore, the Son Himself will give you a sign." Isaiah seven fourteen. It says, "Behold, a virgin." How did you know this? It's the Word of God. "Behold, a, a virgin." Wait a minute, a virgin. Wait. Let me. What do you mean, a virgin? What the seed of a woman? It makes you go back to Genesis three fifteen and say, "Wait a minute. This is this is this thing is lining up." You know. "Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son." And shall call his name. What? Emmanuel or what? Or Jesus or Emmanuel means what? God with us. Are y'all seeing this? This is beautiful, man. It's lining up and this is happening. She gives birth to a baby boy who is. Watch this now. He's not half man, half God. He's 100 percent God. And 100 percent man, because if he was half of a man, he wouldn't be able to do the things that he did, being 100 percent God. Do you understand today? 100 percent God, 100 percent man. Isaiah went on, he says in, in, in nine and six, he says, for unto us a, a child is what is, is is born and a son is given. So notice that the child was born, but the son Was what? Was given. The the child was born. But the son was given. God showed us in Genesis 22, for example, he, 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 he showed us a foreshadowing. Of what it would be like to crucify his son. You remember in Genesis 22, it was his son, Isaac, that he had to take. To Mount Moriah, and he had to present him according to what God wanted to have done as a sacrifice. Wait a minute, God! I didn't—I didn't wait a hundred years, and, and now you're gonna tell me to kill something that I've been waiting on? And he was in obedience. I and the lad shall return, is what he said. And he went to the mountain. He laid that man there, and, and before before uh, Isaac could get to the top of the mountain, he said, "Lord," he said, "Dad, I—I I see everything else, but something's missing." He said the, the, the sacrifice is is, is missing and, 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 and he knew how to worship God. He understood that a sacrifice was necessary in order to truly worship God like he needed to be worshiped. And old Abraham said, and see, we need to say this when you fall into situations that you don't know how it's going to work out. The Lord will provide for himself. How many of you know that the Lord will provide for himself? All you need to do is get to the place where you can begin to worship and make a sacrifice before him. And he will take care of everything else, just as he did with Abraham. And they got to the place of worship. See, the the, the child was born, but the son had to be given. And and Abraham, in faith, was willing to to give the son that was birthed. Laid him there on the altar. Lifted up his hand. And just as he was lifting up the hand, the angel of the Lord came in and interrupted the prayer service and said, hey, I got something that's going to allow you to worship even more than what you had planned. Look over there. There's a ram caught in the thicket of the bush. And praise God for the sacrifice. See, God will provide the sacrifice. All you need to do is get to the place of worship. You get to the place of worship, God will take care of everything else. But 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 uh, unto us a a child is born. And a son is given. He was born to be given. He he was born to die. Man, what kind of love is this for God? So loved the world. Does this make sense that he gave his only begotten son? that whosoever believeth in him, so you got to believe in him, (laughs) you got to believe in him, shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life, eternal life. Man, you got to keep your eyes stayed on him. Now, we thank God, and I'm going through this slowly because I want us to understand that even though it was prophetically spoken that Jesus would be born. Think about this. Here's God in the flesh and he's not born. He's coming as a king, but he's not born in a big processional. In in, in fine houses and clothing and horses. And you, you think about how a king should come in. He was born out of all places in Bethlehem. He was born in manger he, the, the, the same thing that animals left uh, ate out of that's where they placed the king in this think about this he, he, he was placed in the trough where animals eat this is the king he's placed there the Bible says he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross man what are you complaining about My king was born in a manger and here I am worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. And see, man, it was I mean, think about this. Y'all it was it was dung infested. Animals everywhere. There were more animals there than people. And there was no room at the end. You see, when, when, when that census was. Ordered, people moved rapidly back to their homeland. And if you ever go to Bethlehem, you will see that it's not as big as it seems. So you can imagine people coming from everywhere. Miss Clausel, Dr. Clausel, they're coming from everywhere into this little town of Bethlehem. You know, that song is right. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. That's right, man. It's a little town. So there's no room for the king. There were houses where they would Live in the top portion and the bottom portion were reserved for animals. There was no room in the end. So Jesus, Mary. Joseph had to go where the animals were. And when she gave birth, they took him and the Bible says that they wrapped him. In cloths. See, what was interesting about. About this. And, and stay with me, man, because God, I'm telling you, man, don't ever think the enemy can get one over you, on you because you serve a God who is way ahead of what he's trying to do. Way ahead of what he's trying to do. And and, and they took these cloths. And what's interesting about this particular area is the area where they were. Is mainly where sheep were raised. OK. And when sheep were born, they would take cloths from the, the priestly uh, Levites. And we just believe that the shepherds were shepherds over the sheep that were used to be slaughtered at the temple. So, in other words, when a animal was needed to be slaughtered, they would provide the sheep for that slaughter to take place. OK, Remember, back in that day, you had to atone for your sins by the slaying of an animal. Okay, are you all with me? So. Sheep were born there and they were wrapped in old priestly garments that were used for wrapping sheep or also used.